0: You know, another thing we should do, Chris, is we should ask ChatGPT what it thinks the top horror movies are, because it's going to go and aggregate like a whole bunch from websites across the Internet. And it, what it'll give us is like a collection of like of everybody who's ever done a ranking of horror movies. What are the ones that rise to the top the most? That could be kind of interesting. That would be kind of
1: fun. That we could compare and like talk about, you know, if we agree with it, what we disagree with, or if there are any that we haven't seen.
0: Oh, any, that might be trends. a whole that could that could be a whole future episode. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Uh that's brilliant. Let's do it once you know <laughs> these strikes are
0: over. Yeah, of course.
1: Um, but one company that has been uh given a waiver, if you will, uh or an exception to do some of their promotion and filming is A24.
0: How many A24 films have you seen? You know, as I scroll through this list, I have seen a lot now. They they have more than just horror movies, obviously. Like if I look at ones, you know, um 2014's Obvious Child was is a great movie. It's Jenny Slate. I don't know if you've seen that one. It's I I haven't no. Um highly recommend that one. Um and then there's ones, you know, there are there are horror movies in here. There's like Tusk, there's um Under the Skin, was that a horror movie? I'm trying to remember. That was with Scarlett Johansson. Did you watch that one? I did not watch that one. Yeah, I mean X Machina, which is like it's yeah, not, that it's was more good. it's sci-fi but it's like it's kind of sci-fi horror Um it's an awesome awesome movie. Alex Garland. Man, that's a great one. Um Amy Hawaiian House doc. I'm trying to think of like Room which is room. Like, again that's... not horror but also kind of horror. Yeah, uh, of course, of course The Witch 2015 The Witch. <laughs> Green Room. Uh, that was like, you know, um Anya Taylor-Joy's like coming out party kind of, fight, wasn't mm-hmm. it? I mean, largely. Um oh green room that was great oh what's what's the main actor in um green room who like he died in such like a tragic way do you remember that
1: uh anton yelchin
0: anton yelchin yeah, it was like his car his was car like, hit himself, yeah. oh, that was so sad that movie was great though and it had like a weird role for um for patrick stewart. Professor X. yeah patrick stewart yeah yeah like, he, i love that was, that like, was a great movie far right skinhead that was, was crazy lobster uh, i love
1: i love the lobster it took me forever to finally see that and everyone told me to see it. i was like yeah, that sounds stupid and then i watched it and i loved it
0: that was i mean obviously moonlight is a beautiful film um like a twenty four. i don't know that i realized they've only been around since 2013 really as mm-hmm. i look at this yeah but, i mean hereditary i know we've talked about that one on hereditary well.
1: and and midsummer are like the two when someone says A twenty four, that's what I think
0: of. I I mean both. I, I love Men's Summer too. Um Rob eighth grade. That was a good film. I think I saw that in theaters. Oh, here's a good question for you. What's the last movie you've seen in a the theater? I can't even I mean it was it was a while ago. I the last one I saw was like definitely before the strike and everything, and I can't even tell you what it was anymore. It's been so long. I mean, I don't go to theaters anymore. It was, I feel like
1: I, I would say it was probably Scream Six.
0: Oh, that's a good one it's a good
1: one because that was january or something like that that's probably or if I, when i i think that's when that came out that's probably when i watched yeah. it yeah um oh i gotta give i definitely have to give a shout out um um this list is great ladybird was really good florida project i really liked
0: the light i also say the lighthouse which someone oh I recommend recommended me yeah. one the of movies.
1: the ones that we I, I love that someone recommended that and that is one I think we've talked about this on, on our podcast but that is one movie I'm like I don't need to go back and see that one again like it was amazing and it was crazy and bizarre and, but I, once I left that film I was like
0: I was I'm good I'm good did you see that one in theaters because I did and I think there's like a, a frame rate for it I feel like that it's one of those ones where you like you have to see it in a specific frame rate but I like yeah it was Willem Dafoe man that was awesome and that was awesome I mean that was Robert awesome yeah that was that was we had an excellent movie from Robert Pattinson. He's he's come a long way, right? Yeah. Um, Uncut oh. Gems was kind of fucked up. Like, I don't know that I would say I liked Uncut Gems. I can respect that Adam Sandler was pretty like was good in it, but I don't know that I liked it. I it's not one I would watch again. I don't think.
1: I I have not seen that one actually. The last one on this list. So I saw Lighthouse obviously, but then um, uh, the Farewell. It's with um, Aquafina. It's actually really good i thought a really good commentary and exploration of how different cultures hand, handle terminal death it sounds sounds so exciting i'm totally selling it for you but it's good yeah. i liked it a lot it was really i think i saw it on a plane and i was like tearing up on the plane
0: oh i'll take your word for it and i'll have to see that one the other one uh every everything everywhere at once was like obviously phenomenal um that came out just a week after x came out actually which is a good segue to should we start our show Let's do it. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to This American Horror Story, an unofficial podcast that's usually about the FX hit show, American (laughs) Horror Story. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host.
1: Chris Husted, here uh, in October for something a little different.
0: Something a little different. Now, some of you probably already know this from having listened to the update we gave a few weeks back now on our feed. We've also been posting a couple updates along the way on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash American Story Podcast. But as I think most everyone probably knows at this point in time, there's been a lot happening over the course of the past what, six months now. Uh, you know, first. There was the writer strike, the WGA went on strike. It had to do with a lot of feelings that large streaming companies were taking advantage of writers, that they weren't getting the same sort of, you know, kickbacks that they would typically be getting if a show was in syndication on cable that used to kind of give people enough money to have a full career they were doing like micro writer's rooms. There was concerns about all these AI tools, meaning that like you would have writers come in, write a single episode, and you'd then kind of inspired by that, have AI write the rest of the season. So there was a lot of stuff happening around, you know, writer's rights, so to speak, um, and the union went on strike. And lo and behold, over the course of the past, it's probably been what, two weeks ago, maybe not even, that um seems like the writers guild has come to some kind of agreement with the major studios and you know a lot of their demands were met and that's great and um you know a lot of them are headed back to work which is phenomenal that said SAG-AFTRA which is the actors union is still on a strike they face different but similar issues around i mean there are concerns about ai using yes. actors presences in other films there's stuff around you know them not getting paid proper wages by big streamers and things like that so they're still working out those elements of a deal and because of that we had decided collectively that we were going to until the strikes were both resolved boycott the newest season of American Horror Story and American Horror Stories. Uh, you know, that I think we mentioned previously, that was a tough decision to make. Uh, but we just felt like given our own backgrounds as creatives and kind of in solidarity with, you know, writers and actors and also as people who are often, because of our backgrounds, pretty highly critical and just hyper aware of writing in movies, in TV shows that we kind of just felt like very engage with those groups and it feels i think we discussed when wga was ending it felt still somewhat hypocritical if we were to come back and start recording you know anything you know american horror story again well actors were still out on strike two and so the plan we came we kind of went ahead with was once the 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 actor strike has ended we're gonna go we're excited to go and review delicate but we, until that point in time, we didn't feel like we could in good conscience, go ahead and do that. So, but we still wanted to do something in the meantime, it's October. Halloween is a, you know, I'll say that today here in the New England area, it was 81 degrees, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to get in the Halloween spirit. I pulled out my decorations the other day. So, um, we wanted to do something. We were trying to figure out what could we still do? And we got a lot of great ideas, a lot of recommendations from folks. I think the thing that we finally decided we were going to land on, and it was just kind of teased in the cold open was, uh, reviewing some A24 movies and just other potentially other films from studios that are more independent and have gotten you know had gotten exceptions basically and waivers from the Screen Actors Guild and the Writers Guild.
1: Yeah, and I would I just to add one more thing on I would say that the guild the both guilds have said had not said anything about consumers boycotting their these shows and these movies or even the streamer sites. Uh, we're doing this out of respect for the artists that we work with and because we also perform uh or work as writers in our lives um it just felt you know the right thing to do but again y'all can go stream and watch these things because they have not asked anyone to not do that uh to support them um there's a little bit of um disagreement and i think within the ranks on that in a way but officially there's they've not asked people to boycott their shows and their movies
0: right yeah we just felt it was a little different because we were basically in a position to broadly platform and drive people you know encourage people to go watch a show together which you know we love the show and we're going to go back to it it's just for now we thought this would be a good approach the other nice thing about doing movies rather than you know we got some recommendations to read the book delicate condition the delicates based on we got some recommendations to go look at other shows and the nice thing about doing independent movies is that they're kind of one-off things and so we can kind of can keep them going for as shorter as long as we want to until the strike's over um so with that being said chris do you should we go ahead and uh talk about or at least begin to discuss the movie that we chose for this first one
1: yeah everyone we're doing x by ty west that came out in 2022 um, that's right I guess just a heads up, lots of spoilers in this podcast. So if you have not seen the film, um, just be warned that we are going to talk about plot points and, you know, deaths that happened in this film.
0: We're going to give away some twists. So you got to just be prepared for that.
1: Um, And if you have not seen it, please go watch the movie and then come back to us because this movie is dope.
0: That's right. And we're excited to share it with you all and share our thoughts with you. Before we dive in, Chris, as always, if folks do want to reach out to us, you can, you know, uh, send us a Facebook um, message or post on our page at facebook.com slash this American Horror Story Podcast, or you can email us at this American Horror Story at gmail.com. Uh Chris, before we really dive in, what are you drinking this evening?
1: I'm drinking a, a, a semi-dry cider from a local company here called Waves. It's pretty tasty. Uh it's my um drink of choice right now for October because it's still kind of hot here too. But uh, I want my cider. What are you drinking, Tyler?
0: I'm not quite in my cider phase. Uh as of yet, because of the heat, I will get there. I am just drinking a glass of red wine. It's the Cabernet Sauvignon. Um mm. yeah. that's usually
1: my go-to, but yeah.
0: Yum. Yeah. Delicious. Uh Chris, I what can you tell everybody about Thai West? Um
1: uh, Ty West
0: has been uh,
1: directing horror films for about ten years now, I think. I would say, and you may have seen some of his stuff before. Um, I'm gonna pull up his um, my notes here. So he, the first movie I saw that Ty West did was uh, a a slice a story that was in VHS uh, about a married yeah. couple. That was my. First that was exposure. the first one I. I think that was, was the first it? one I saw too. Which <laughs> love? Um, a lot of people who are filmmakers that did segments in VHS um, are pretty big now. Like radio Silence is, did the last two screen movies, which is awesome. And they radio silence also is fantastic. Love them. Um, but then the first uh, movie I've seen that was like full length, I watched house of the devil. I think it was on Netflix, like a couple years ago. That was a really good movie too. Uh, I mm-hmm. would say very um, it was like a time capsule type movie. And Ty West is very good for getting that, uh, feel and the vibe of a certain era. Um, yeah. I did see cabin fever 2, which I know Ty West in has asked just about, be, yeah, yeah, he has just about that. He has asked to be removed from even have his name removed from that film, which they didn't allow. And then X, um, I think was the first film after that, that I've seen, I I've known about some of the other ones like innkeepers, um, the sacrament uh the sacramento
0: i saw what, sacramento a while ago
1: did you okay so i haven't seen that like how, you know i mean that, i feel like it's, like his, his just his vibe is like he he knows the genre he honors the genre uh of horror um he has lots of homages to different um iconic films and, and moments uh and he also has this just kind of artsy uh art house film student vibe and i mean that in the most complimentary way possible because there's a
0: character even an X, that is sort of like a younger version of of who ty west uh is i believe right he also has a kind of friendship with the actor director joe swanberg who's known for the genre mumblecore which is i i think the whole premise of mumblecore is like Basically, there's a movie that doesn't have a script and you just kind of have the people improvise the script based on a rough outline. Um, some people might know movie, his, some of his movies, like Drinking Buddies is a popular one um, that had a number of different famous people in it and those sort of things. But uh, I think Ty West has appeared in some of Joe Swanberg's movies and Joe Swanberg was in for instance, the Sacrament. So I think they've kind of acted in a couple of each other's movies along the way.
1: I would also mention that Ty West appears in a really great film called You're Next, um and he's an actor in it and he uh um that's just a really good film too um and I think the director of that is Adam Wingard
0: uh Mumblecore member yeah so you know I think a lot of there's like a community here that obviously Ty West is a part of um excuse me the other thing I will say is that this particular movie X uh from what I understand when I was kind of looking deeper into it it was being filmed during you know, kind of COVID lockdowns. And I think it was being, did I see that it was filmed in New Zealand or something like that? I don't mm-hmm. know if that is, well, yeah. And so it was like during some COVID lockdown in New Zealand that like production had to stop. And it was at that time, what X was being filmed, that Ty West wrote the script for what became the prequel of uh, X, the movie, the film Pearl, which I have not seen and you have. Um yes. I'll also say that this is your second time watching X, and you were willing to rewatch it with me because I was—I had this on my list for a long time and hadn't had an opportunity yet. Yeah. <laughs> so you're gonna have have deeper insight and reflections on a rewatch. <laughs> um, but talk a little bit about the the trilogy that X is going to be a part of.
1: Right. So um, they filmed in um, New Zealand, and I haven't—I you know—I'm at—I'm not, not supposed like certain on this, but because like if you don't re- recall, New Zealand was one of the most. Um, um, Lockdown and successful states or countries when it came to preventing COVID from spreading or getting in, um, which makes sense that uh, Ty West would have time to write this prequel. So, the movie X takes place in 1979. Um, you know, we have a cast of characters and we have two antagonists who are a very old, old, old couple. Um, great characters, but while, oh, and some, Spo- spoiler surprise and Tyler didn't know this and I wish I'd saved to talk about this uh, Mia Goth who plays one of the main characters in the younger group also plays the older version Pearl so in um Ty West fashion he writes a prequel of who Pearl the antagonist in X is as a younger woman just kind of exploring how she became who she is and we'll talk about who she is and, and when we go into the plot of X the third film and I should say Pearl's phenomenal movie as well. And Mia Goth crushes it. Um, the third film is an actual uh, the th- the third movie in the chronolog in the chronology of of Pearl and Maxine, who's one of the main characters in X in in their life. So Pearl's essentially the earliest film um. X is 1979, and then Maxine takes place, I believe, in 1985. I there as of now, I haven't seen a release date for that yet. Uh, and, it's
0: probably postponed. I would well, I mean, I guess it's say 24, so maybe not. But right,
1: I, I I know that I've seen the cast list for it, but I, I have no idea outside of the cast list like what the plan is for um, production, where it's at, and what release dates could be. I would love it to be early 2024, but i'm not sure so but the whole theme throughout all of this all of these films is the desire to be famous being a star what it takes to be that and maybe getting or not getting what you want or what 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 you need to do to get what you want
0: yeah totally um and i want to talk more about the themes like the american dream obviously that's something that's kicked you know it's discussed as As soon as the movie starts in so many ways. Um, Let's talk about the cast for a second before we dive in. I'm going to walk through one person at a time. Let's start with Mia Goth, Maxine, because that is obviously kind of the centerpiece. Um, I will say that I saw Mia Goth prior to the writer's strike in the movie Infinity Pool. It's a movie by Brandon Cronenberg. I think it came out on Video On Demand in like February. Did you see that?
1: I did not see it, but it looked bizarre. Um, it
0: is bizarre. It is fucked up. It also has Alexander Skarsgard. Uh, it's a different kind of role for Mia Goth. Um, you know, she lets a British accent uh, come out in that one. Um, you know, he's known for like the body horror. Like I think you know, like his dad David Cronenberg I think was also known for as well. So, it's got some pretty gross moments. Um, the end is wild.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I so I knew Mia Goth from um, Suspiria the remake um which was to me really really good it was by Luca Guadag- Guadagino like, oh yeah my, you know um and uh, he just absolutely like like crushed it and that was I thought like a really good introduction to her. she plays a cool um dancer at the company that uh Dakota fan uh, not Dakota Fanny Dakota Johnson uh, joins and obviously that's a recreation of a 70s film which is also really really good a little different but very stylized the remake i thought was fantastic and yeah. she also i knew because she i think uh mia goth ha- is either married to or was married to um shia labeouf
0: she is she still is and they yes. they've been kind of on and off again but they've been on again for a couple of years now i think and they have a child together that is right um let's talk oh. about luca oh, also did call me by your name which is a great film Riaz, yes, Luca did call me by your name. Exactly. That was great. That was a great film. Although, uh, Army Hammer uh, mm, kind of, yeah. uh, you know, he's gone on his journey as well. Uh, let's talk about, let's see, Jenna Ortega, who most people probably on this podcast are going to know for as uh, Wednesday. She plays Lorraine. Um, she also is one of the main characters in the latest
1: trilogy of the Scream films, which I've seen her in. She's, she's fantastic. I saw Scream before I saw X or Scream. Five, I should say before I saw X Mm -hmm. and um so I already was familiar with her and I also saw her um the babysitter killer queen which is the sequel um Netflix movie that they did with um I'm blanking on her name right now she's in the radio silence movies uh blonde she's she's in the she's also in scream six people listening to this podcast are going to kill me right now I'm going to look it up I'll come back to it um but uh she she also was in that. So I've seen her i have seen her in two horror films before this. And I was like, when did this fall in her progression? And I think it was right before or right around when Scream uh five was happening. So Jenna Ortega, fantastic actress. I have not seen Wednesday yet, but um she's 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 a star. She's 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 got that She's X she's factor.
0: a she's a rising star. I think probably when yeah. this was filmed is like you know, I would bet her salary for this movie is different than what it would be today. Let's say that much. Yeah. Um, uh, Brittany Snow, who played plays Bobby Lynn, I think. You know, people know Brittany from Pitch Perfect, from Hairspray. Um, she, funny enough, I think she was on a show that I think was like the early 2000s. It was called American Dream. She played a oh, yeah. in the 1950s. And funny enough, that she talks about the American Dream here in the van at the beginning.
1: Yeah, she um, she also plays fully against character of what you expect. Um, Brittany said know kids. to be in. Uh, yeah. uh, but along those lines, um, you know, I've always been a fan of hers, but she's always got the, she's like the nice, cheery,
0: you know, blonde girl. I know. I know. Uh, a few others. Kid Cudi is in this film, of course, is Jackson Hole. Uh, I'm trying to think. Kid Cudi's had a few acting turns. The one that comes to mind for me is Westworld. Um, The season, the first season where we were outside of the amusement park with Aaron Paul um he was a veteran he'd been a veteran with with aaron paul Uh, i don't know if you know of other things he's acted in that come to mind for you
1: i'm trying to think he he's been in a bunch of stuff though i know that because he has been acting
0: um it'll come back to you with the blonde girl it will it will (laughs) in the meantime uh, martin henderson who plays wayne um he was from the ring if that's a bit of a throwback
1: that's like once i once i saw that's who he was I was like oh yeah i know exactly who you
0: were in in the ring <laughs> i feel like though i also like went and googled what he looked like in the ring and i was like man he looks way different now yes <laughs> he just uh, he's older i know i know but like I don't, you know i felt like he was doing a matthew McConaughey impression in this movie a little bit did you get that
1: oh a hundred percent a hundred percent he he definitely has that all right all right like uh <laughs> swag that uh, yeah. when he delivers his lines
0: and the last one I want to call out is Stephen Ewer, who played Howard, the old man. Um, He is known for playing a series of different orcs in the Lord of the Ring movies. That's
1: like, you know, when you when you cast someone to play sort of this frail, older, you know, body, it's body acting. And who better than someone who played in, you know, an org like the or the, the people who can contort their bodies or really know and study body movement do a great job. And, you know, Howard, the or the character Howard has these movements that are fantastic. And it, it takes someone who knows how to do that.
0: And so this guy was great. Totally. Uh, I mean, you know, do, I guess uh, I'll, I'll ask you at this stage, is it worth do you want to give like a high level overview of the plot or should we kind of go in and go through the beats? How would you prefer to do it? I
1: think let's do, let's go high level overview real quick. And also, I I found the lady's name.
0: Share that first.
1: Samara Weaving. And it's so funny. Yeah. Because
0: people get her confused with.
1: Um, there's like she kind of has that look she she kind of looks like um um Margot Robbie a little bit uh anyway um but she's Australian and she was in that movie and she's also in the beginning of Scream oop I don't want to give that away too much she's in Scream (laughs) 6 anyway (laughs) um let's go over Oh yeah, and the movie that she did with Radio Silence is called Ready or Not, and that's a great movie. I fully recommend that too. She marries into a family, this really rich family. I've seen that. I've seen okay. that one yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great film.
0: They they go um, hunting for hunting for people. Yeah.
1: Yes, which I'm I'm a sucker for those types of movies. Um, yeah. So the general overview of this film is 1979. A group of people, um, a group of. Uh, adult film actors and producers who want to make this amazing film that is kind of the kind of the peak of porn the porn industry where they want to do this you know they hire this college student film guy to create this art house titillating piece of work that is adult and is pornography but elevated and Mm. and this is going to put them on the map it's going to put make some of them stars it's going to make some of them not worry about money anymore and it's going to launch other people into a different um stratosphere of their career that's the goal that they all sort of have they all kind of have these little things of what their ideal end game is to create this film the story bait is based um, these folks are based in houston texas but they're driving to a different location to do this film uh, to shoot the film called The Farmer's Daughter. And the, the, they jump in the van and they go do this. Um, obviously, they want to film in a different location because of the affordability of doing this low budget, but making it look great and also not having prying eyes who look at what they're doing and shame them or look down on them. So that's the premise of like our main cast of characters, what they want to do.
0: Right problem I think is, putting it
1: I'll oh, go ahead. The problem is they choose a place that has a lot of secrets uh, that they were unaware
0: of, indeed it does. And I think the other thing that's worth saying here too, is that in terms of historical context, one thing that Wayne makes very clear is that um this is an inflection point in the kind of trajectory of pornography, right? Up until this time, that sort of uh, smut, as some people would call it, was only able to be viewed in a public theater where you kind of had to, Put aside your dignity and go in and sit, um, you know, six chairs apart from a guy down the row wearing a bathrobe, and just keep your eyes focused on the screen. You know what I mean? But, Very good um, point. This is at a point in time where new technology has enabled you to, or enabled people to, finally take pornography out of those, you know, theaters and move it into your own home in the form of videos that you can buy um, and play in your own house. And so that's kind of the impetus for why they're doing this kind of home video is because this new technology is going to let people all over the country, all over the world, go buy porn, watch it in their own house. It's going to sell like hotcakes, make everybody a star.
1: Exactly. It's a brilliant premise because I've seen, I've read Ty West say this and what better setting for a horror movie that generally has boobs and sex and violence than a Porn set <laughs> filmed d- with a
0: massacre, absolutely. It's uh, what else could she ask for? Of course, this particular film uh takes a you know, it, it, it there's a lot of homages throughout this movie, we should say that, and we're going to call it a fair number of my imagination as we go through. Um, the first of those being just this pretty standard idea across many horror movies of opening after the deed is done, right? We see the cops pull up, you know. F- calm farmhouse on, a, you know, Sunday morning or whatever it is. There's a sound of crickets in the distance. The cops pull up and of course, or what there's a, or a cop pulls up. There's already maybe a cop there and there's a bloody body with a sheet over it out in the driveway. There's an ax embedded in the porch. You know, we are starting to get that moody sense of something went terribly wrong at this farmhouse that like, you know, of course we're doing a little bit of playing a little bit of um juxtaposition here that we've got such a, beautiful and serene setting where something so grim has occurred
1: and we also have the um kind of fanatical tv evangelist um speaking on a black and white tv in the front room of this farmhouse but yeah Yeah. it's it's this is very reminiscent of texas chainsaw massacre and that's like the biggest homage i'm sure sorry jump right to it but that's like that is
0: this film Right, and you know, I was looking up. I was trying to see at first, like, is is this was the preacher footage like real footage from an actual evangelist? And I think we learn at the end, obviously, that it's not. A mm-hmm. uh, uh, question for you, maybe this if this is a spoiler, don't tell me. But is the preacher character one that appears in Pearl? Um, I won't tell you. Okay. And I, I will not uh, ask any more questions. <laughs> um, so you know the, the the preacher's going on. I think one of the earliest things he says is how his very own daughter was taken by perverts and swindlers. And the cops go down to the basement. One cop wants to show the other cop what's down there, and I think he mutters the word, "My God!" And yeah. we're taken back. Uh, flashback twenty four hours. Something uh, very and- disturbing was down there. Something very disturbing was down there. And of course, we're, we're taken to what looks like a kind of dressing room. Um, we meet Maxine. Uh, she's taken a bump. One of many she'll take over the course of this film. And uh, a cowboy comes into the room. We learn this is Wayne. We learn they have a relationship. And I think this is kind of her self-talk in the mirror is kind of the first we have yes. of this, like, I'm going to be a star attitude that she really embodies. You're a fucking sex symbol she tells to herself. Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff. And um, he
1: he kind of he he supports that. He's like, you are your you've got that X factor. We'll hear that over and over. Um, this is our person who she she we know what her dream is. She's very explicit about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Then they, of course, leave the the strip club that appears to be in some kind of is, is it an oil field or something? If it's in Houston, I'm not exactly sure what's happening. It's some kind of something very industrial. Yeah. Mm hmm um so you know they're they're catering to a very specific audience um but it looks like they're kind of shutting down for the season so to speak um i think it's called bayou burlesque
1: yeah it looks like really cool on the outside but when the camera pans out and pulls away then you see the city in the background it's like oh this is not this is not as cool and glamorous this is not like awesome vegas this is like a parking lot
0: yeah and did you see the the name on the the van they were the name on the side of the van
1: I oh i did uh oh god what was it tell me remind me it was like oh, it some, says
0: plowing service <laughs> plowing service
1: yes i remember yeah i caught
0: that i'm like oh that's clever uh, and of course once we're inside the van is when we meet the rest of our cast up when we meet uh bobby lynn we meet jackson hole we meet lorraine and rj the cinematographer um so we get start to get a sense of of who we're working with here I and mean, that's when they start to circulate the script for the farmer's daughter, the farmer's daughter or the farmer's daughters, daughters, right? Because obviously we have multiple daughters, daughters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maxine, as they kind of progress to the farm, continues to uh monologue a little bit about how she wants, you know, where her trajectory is, right? She talks about wanting the whole world to know her name. Um, The thing they keep talking about that Wayne keeps bringing up is that she's got that X factor. I mm-hmm. think we, uh, you know when we think of the movie being called x we think of it being x factor we think of the x x x you know x that's faded yes there's a lot of uh crossover between yeah. you know the I, symbolism of that
1: i can hear her it's still in my head like i need to be famous wayne like i can hear mia Goth saying that uh in the front seat um, it's
0: funny too her her real accent being you know british, so british yeah
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I like the whole van driving thing. Is also Texas Chainsaw Massacre, by the way. Like this is very like what happens in that film, and I love that because that is a phenomenal film, Mm -hmm. uh, iconic film. Um, I think this is the beginning when we start to see stereotypes of what you think these characters should be based off of traditional horror uh, tropes be broken. Um, You see that, you know, Bobby Lynn. She says, you know, she's not your kind of cliche bimbo adult star. She's, she's kind of smart. She knows she, she says like some obvious things. She's like, I was given a good hand and it'd be said not to take care of it. When she says she just wants to like get her money and go tan her titties at the pool or whatever, you know, that like she's very like, that's just what she wants to do. Her version of
0: the American dream. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely.
1: And then Jackson, we don't get to know him a ton just yet, but he's, they, they have like shades of like, you know, people that might be in this industry, perhaps, but they break a bunch of the stereotypes of like, oh, these are kind of like really likable characters for a horror film. These are all, I like a lot
0: of these people, except maybe RJ. He's the one that I don't, I didn't know that I could come around to. He's the auteur, of course. He's the one who's going to make, uh, you know, I think he says at one point that his mission is to make a a good sex film, um, and so what, well, and talk then. More
1: yeah, so like so they stop off at the um the gas station, right? To load up on supplies. And RJ's out there filming the a scene with Jackson where he's filling up the gas sink, and Bobby Lynn comes over. She's like, you know, if you hold the camera at this angle, it'll look like he's like filling it up with his pecker or something. <laughs> I don't know exactly what she says. And he's like, Oh. So he does that and he's like, I want to cut it like films, like cut instead of just filming straight each segment. He's learning how to like spice it all together, I guess, is what his strategies like they do in Paris in the French films or something along those lines. So I don't I I know what you're saying about RJ, but I I haven't turned on him yet. He's he's just a little annoying to me at this point.
0: Yeah, I agree. And um, Lorraine, don't we don't know much
1: about. She's kind of sits there and like
0: she's quiet. Well, what is it? What is it that Wayne calls her? The church mouse. Right? Church mouse, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we're like, what is that's... she doing? She's kind of like just looking down on them, is kind of the vibe I was getting. And even when they go in the gas station, um, uh, um, Maxine it, it says, she's like, I don't know if I like her. She's just sitting there. She watches. She's she, yeah. yeah, she's
0: just like always. Totally she watches. stares a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they finally arrive at the farm. And, you know, it's like a pre-Airbnb, right? It's something that, <laughs> I don't know what, Wayne read about it in a classified ad or something like that. They're looking for, you know, boarders at this extra I mean, pretty, pretty sizable house they have out on the farm. And um, Wayne goes to the door and that's where we meet Howard for the first time. He comes to the door with his shotgun um, and uh, Wayne has to remind him that, you know, he rented the house from the other thing we quickly learn about from Wayne is that uh, Wayne did not tell Howard that he was bringing, you know, multiple people. It seems as if Howard was only looking to rent the entire, that large space with multiple beds to a single person.
1: Mm hmm. It's also the moment when um the the rest of the crew are in the car and Maxine's looking out the door up at the at the property and she says something's wrong. And then we hear like these dissonant chords start playing. We get our first, to me, noticeable taste of the score of this film, which I think is fantastic as well. And the people who did that, I wrote down their names. Um, that is uh Tyler, his name's Tyler. Um tyler bates and chelsea wolf um and what, reading up on their choices for this they focused on trying to meet between sort of like debbie does Dallas music and rosemary's baby which were both like at the same time and kind of find that middle ground and i love that that's just oh, so that's,
0: that, that's awesome i like that too i'll also say this was a um one of many homages to another famous horror film at this point in time when, of course, Maxine's eyes drift up and there's somebody up at the window. Um, that film, of course, is Psycho. And they're, you know, a famous Alfred Chitchcock film and uh, remade at one point by Vince Vaughn, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if you've seen that version. I have. But,
1: uh... Shot for shot.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, I think, and there's a number of, I think that's the first a psycho homage but there's a number throughout this film that we can call out along the way
1: yeah um i love that scene too because it's you've got pearl or sorry you've got pearl up there and you kind of like the way the camera kind of gets close it, it does feel like like an old school way of filming where the camera is zooming in it's not like tightening in or coming in like on a on a crane or whatever it's zooming meaning the aspect is kind of not as clear and it just felt very authentic to that
0: era. I loved it. I, I did too. Uh, you know, and I think on the way to the house, when Howard's bucking them over, uh, that's the first time that Howard mentions something about like his wife being next door and like, don't, you know, don't entice her or something like that. We don't really know what that means at the time when he says that mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, huh, is that the person we saw in the window? And that's kind of the observation we're left with. Right. Pretty quickly. Once we arrived the house though, The filming begins. Um, You know, we get some pretty funny interactions as RJ is trying to give, effectively, you know, he's trying to be, give artistic stage directions to Jackson and uh, Bobby as they, you know, begin to get it on. Um,
1: (laughs) I, so, I, You know, I knew we'd get to this point at at some point, but like they go for it. They really go for it. And, you know, kudos to these actors. I saw some interviews of them discussing how comfortable they all tried to make each other when they would do these scenes and how much they trusted each other. They had an intimacy coach and everything. So like it sounds like it was a good supportive scene because it is graphic um, for a rated R film. Uh, i mean and
0: they're filming a pornography
1: yeah and 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 it would feel almost like a distraction if they didn't like you know show the production of it then it would then it then it's very noticeable that it wasn't there um not that you need to show everything it's i i I feel like it was a great balance and because of the how highbrow this kind of horror movie is on a, a on a slasher type standard yeah. trope uh it really is successful mm-hmm. um I also I love in the beginning when they finally when they first start shooting this scene, we initially see it through like the vintage, like, oh, yeah, we didn't talk about this. The opening of the movie starts in a four by three, like a square. And you think it's like an old school film, like it like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then the the camera just goes forward and you realize that the black square around it is you're inside the barn and you're pulling out to become the 16 nine aspect ratio. That is brilliant. I love that. Anyway,
0: There's, there's some incredible shots. Absolutely.
1: The and then in this in the, their first porn shoot they start um with the kind of grainy square yeah. film mm-hmm. and then it and then it and then it kind of pulls out and cuts right to the it doesn't pull out it just cuts right to kind of the dark muted colors of the actual scene and the coaching of it and Jackson be like dude let trust me like let me I, I got this I know don't, don't don't tell me what to do here um, he's trying to create this art house film, and the actors like we're just getting on, ha- having a good
0: time. Like we we know how to make sex look good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Maxine decides she's going to wander around the property a little bit. You know, she's stoned and also curious. Uh, she walks down to the dock on a lake where uh, I will say like some really cool visual effects happen when she walks into that lake. Uh, there's like an awesome zoom out effect. Creepy music's playing. Um, this is largely thought to be. A Jaws homage with the skinny dipping scene that happens mm. here, um, and of course, in the woods behind her, we see someone watching from a distance. And we also, I, I mean, the scene in which we see—I don't know if it's a crocodile or an alligator—I forget which one. Uh, alligator. says it is alligator. Um, when we see the al- the giant alligator, I will say in the water, like swimming behind her as she goes toward the dock, is like it's it's an awesome and incredible shot—the bird's eye view, you know. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, very cool. Mm-hmm uh following the skinny dipping of course maxine wanders her way up to the house uh because pearl gives the kind of creepy shushing motion (laughs) yeah that's i feel like you see that shushing motion or like the that's that kind of creepy i I mean doesn't she do a shush too because i know that maxine does a shush at the end i thought initially tells her to come in but i thought there was also a shush at some point
1: possibly like come in though like because she wants to hang out with her because she's clearly like fixated and just like the alligator was stalking maxine she's kind of stalking maxine
0: right she she walks into the house the the kitchen is like disgustingly dirty uh and you know pearl offers her lemonade um and they kind of go from there to going out and talking through, or or I guess Pearl leads Maxine out to look at some photos on the wall, kind of up the stairs in that traditional sense. This
1: scene also, sorry, I'm going to bring it back to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Her coming in the front door and the way the hallway is cut. That is exactly what Texas Chainsaw Massacre looks like. I was waiting for, um, you know, older brother, Leatherface to come through with a hammer and knock her on the head and pull her behind a sliding door. Cause that is like, it it looks so it's so specifically like alluding to that. And it's phenomenal. I loved it. I got I was just like, oh, I love this.
0: Sorry. It's fantastic. I mean you now clearly Ty West is like a student of classic mm-hmm. horror, right? How could it not be? Um they look at these photos, and that's when we start to get Pearl talking about, you know, her background when she was young, when she was a dancer um she's pitching her peak her prequel (laughs) basically uh and then you know soon after she she touches maxine's exposed skin we'll say maxine is wearing overalls with nothing underneath yeah and says something like you know it'll be our little secret as howard pulls up uh he was like out buying groceries or something i don't think we know and maxine's like what the hell are you talking about very disturbing and she so, talks like
1: she talks about like the power of beauty, and and then touches. It was just clearly she's
0: got something a little wonky, a going little on. off, a little off. It's a little creepy, but we don't quite know what it means, yet, right? You know. Uh, from there, of course, we see Maxine. You know, go back to the barn. She does another bump. She's telling herself that she's not going to accept the life she doesn't deserve, which is something we hear again and again. And she's ready for her sex scene. Of course, she's one of the other farmer's daughters. She gets the um. Privilege, I guess, of doing her scene in the barn. <laughs> um, before we see that, though, we get a flat, kind of a cut over to Pearl creepily brushing her hair in a room full of dolls. Yeah,
1: dolls are kind of scary. Um, as a quick and aside. A, and, and,
0: and and applying eyeshadow and like reminiscent of what yeah. Maxine's wearing Just as well.
1: Yeah, doing her beauty, trying to look like Maxine, and obviously she's older and doesn't have the skin tone anymore or the health of that Maxine, but clearly the like the themes of fixating on youth and beauty and the power that it has and once you lose it what is your value Th- that's what pearl is experiencing right i just i wanted to plug a book that i read recently by grady Hendricks called um how to sell a haunted house there's dolls in that one and it's a really good book recommend it is it is it fiction uh it's a fiction it's a horror book um yeah it's good it's, why it's, have you not
0: recommended it to me before now i don't because
1: like... i I only finished it like two weeks ago so i just thought of it
0: oh, <laughs> i haven't talked man. to you since yeah oh,
1: i would have downloaded oh, go on your bye, bye. app for the library get the book on tape listen to it when you're traveling
0: i'm gonna have to man thank you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so pearl after she does, goes to her all beauty routine walks down to the house and of course it does kind of a little peeping time routine we kind of see the camera in her pov which i think is again reminiscent of psycho i think we get that in psycho i'm pretty sure but there's of course there's other power films where that happens as well
1: we do get that yeah 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 and yeah as we know psycho um yeah and then we see quickly maxine or pearl envisioning herself in maxine's position having sex with jackson in that in that scene exactly um yeah she she embodies uh also interesting everyone who's watching also is just mesmerized by maxine's performance in when she's in like they're all like uh lorraine with the boom bike uh or shock yeah with the boom mic and um uh bobby lynn they're all just like eyes wide open just be like wow she's like really good so and then obviously pearls trying to envision herself in that position because that's what she desires
0: She's, she's a star. Yeah, Maxine might be too good. She's uh, getting getting Pearl's blood all hot. Um, and so Pearl, of course, goes back to the house, kind of tries to get something going with Howard, but she says, you know, oh, can't do it, my heart, you know. And so that is shut down. Um, we go back to the crew at the house filming the porn. They're kind of, it's, it's after a long day. They're eating sandwiches. They're drinking a little bit. And uh, Lorraine, it kind of presents this question about, you know, to the group about, you know, what is it like, you know, having sex, or you're watching somebody have sex, Yeah, you know, watching your partner or someone you're close with, um, in the case of a Wayne, someone you're engaged to have sex with somebody else. And, you know, the kind of the group there tries to kind of go through the process of explaining to her to her the difference between sex versus love. And, you know, that's also when Wayne strips kind of talk through the opportunity of the video market and everything like that. Um and they give a little cheers to perverts, I think, at the end of all that. And uh, you know, we see Kid Cuddy playing the guitar, which I think uh Kid Cuddy, I think really I don't know if he does in this scene, but Kid Cuddy really can play the guitar. I think he's been known to play the like electric guitars and some tracks and different things. And Brittany Snow um taps some of her um a cappella roots and sings Fleetwood Max Landslide. And
1: and beautifully um yeah this is one of those i wonder if this was initially written to happen or if ty west is like well i have scott McCuddy, kid cuddy and i've got Brittany snow let's do a song and it's kind of beautiful that whole conversation that they have when they're kind of discussing with lorraine why they do what they do really is such a awesome and enlightening uh, perspective on the sex industry, I think. Um, to have it in 1979 is very progressive because um, it is sort of shameful and it still is today. You know, I'm not saying it's all beautiful, but Bobby Lynn uh, has a just, they just, she just owns her sexuality and her identity. So does Jackson. Um, and even RJ, like he's kind of the, Obviously gets a little hypocritical in the moment here, but like, you know, they say the camera changes everything. This is just sex. Like we, like you can, they can differentiate it. Um, but Bobby Lynn says, everybody likes sex. It's a gas. We're just not afraid to admit it. Queer, straight, black, white, it's all disco. And like, that's just such a great line that encapsulates a wonderfully, um, progressive attitude toward that industry.
0: Absolutely, and we also see at this point when she sings "Landslide," a split screen with Pearl kind of wiping off her eyeshadow. There's like you kind of feel a sadness for Pearl, and this has been referred to as a kind of reference to the film Carrie by Parian De Palma, based on the Stephen King novel, in which you have kind of a split screen scene in which you know there's students singing, and you, I think you okay, got Carrie. I I, I don't I, I it's been a bit so, since I've seen that movie, but. There's a split a split screen singing reference in the movie Carrie that like there's some suspicion that it's tied to. Um, so at the end of the song, Lorraine takes a turn, and she's like, "You know what? I think that I want to be in the movie too." <laughs> um, I, this is, I remember being like, "Wait, what? Oh my gosh! This is
1: because I'm sorry. Pause you, but like, um, at this point, like throughout the film, traditionally." Lorraine's character would be set up to be
0: the final girl. Do you agree with me on that? I think so. Yeah, I mean, that that's kind of what Traditionally. I... Traditionally. That is what I expected as... and Well, she's close, but yeah. That, that is what I expected too when the movie started. I was like, ah, oh, she seems like the survivor.
1: You know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a story progressive, because I know this is like a little bit more elevated and cool, Um, I was like, it, it honestly could be any of them it could be bobby lynn maxine sort of seems to be like she's like on the poster so maybe she is or but maybe she takes a turn i'm not sure it could go a lot of ways i think wayne was the one that was pretty clear wasn't going to be yeah wayne was for sure was not never going to make it
0: (laughs) (laughs) or RJ after that point too um wayne and rj have a little bit of a talk outside after this in which you know i think I don't know, there's there's some funny language here about life imitating art or art imitating life. And I don't remember like I didn't write down the exact line, but like RJ tries to be like, you know, Lorraine's different. Like she's she's like a good girl and Wayne's like uh Dude, first of all, he's, just... like, he's like he's like the fuck you say, first of all, and then he's like, second of all, not, like you just basically like you just have a warped view of what the reality is.
1: Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's it's you can talk all this talk, but you know. She's gonna do like, like again. These women like own and 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 Jackson like they own who they are, and they're proud of it. But they also, you know, welcome in anyone who wants to embrace it as as well. And we learned obviously later why Maxine does what she does. Uh, but it's it's RJ's like no, I'm making this for this, and the, and so long as it's not involved in his own life, he's
0: behind the camera. He's not in front of it, right? And then all of a sudden. It gets his emotions involved, which we see after, you know, the insinuation of it being filmed. He's taking a cold shower while sobbing. And honestly, with all the psycho references at this point, in my head, I was like, is he going to be like, stabbed in the shower? I know? was
1: thinking that, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a reference. I mean, obviously, they talk about, like, and he says this, like, it's not like Psycho, where, because when Lorraine wants to be in the film, that fit halfway through the movie, it changes into something else. But that's literally
0: what happens in this film, <laughs> with his death. Right. Well, so he leaves in the yeah in the middle of the night. He uh, starts, you know, starts to drive away. He's gonna fuck over them all by you know leaving them at the house, and of course we get the creepy scene where Pearl is blocking his path. She's awake, um, and we start to get "Don't Fear the Reaper" playing uh, by the Blue Oyster Cult on his in I think on the stereo in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, because he kind of goes out to get her to leave. Um, she starts to kind of touch him. Like, I mean, in all earnestness, it does seem like Pearl's original intention is to just try to have sex. Yeah, she's she wants, she's heading on him. She's horny. Mm-hmm. And when he won't do it, she sticks what looks to be like a switchblade in his throat. It, it, I think it's a switchblade. I could, like, it's a or a pen knife or something.
1: Like, I, it's hard to tell what it is. It's a very, like, slender, sharp object.
0: <laughs> right. And not only does she stick it in his throat, like, she gores him over and over again to the point that the blood is splashing up on the lights, which I didn't know if that was also another carry reference or if that was reference to something else. Obviously, there's a lot of kind of blood and red in carry. It's a
1: good point. I wasn't even thinking about the reference for it, but I just was mesmerized. How cool that looked. I mean, not to be too gross and morbid, but you know, the the headlights shining on the scene and then the blood spraying is very really gross. But it's uh, you know, and then everything just the lens is red too. Uh, mm-hmm. and then it 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 colors everything and it's just it just went zero to a hundred real quick.
0: The other thing too that we should say is when they were first driving to the farm, they get in kind of a a traffic jam. And part of it is because a semi-truck hit a cow and you Notice that the blood is all over the headlights of the semi-truck. And you have to imagine there's some kind of connection here where it's like, look, at the end of the day, we're all just animals out there for the slaughter. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, uh, and then of course, after the murder, Pearl in the moonlight dances in the dark to while blue oyster cult's playing in the car. I think we hear the song We Marie, uh, which is like a 1920s song or something playing on the radio. And I looked this up, and apparently the story of We Marie is about a soldier in france during maybe world war one who was trying to like seduce a french dancer but couldn't speak the language so he was trying to like you know entice her through gesture yep. we, and we, if we if we remember pearl was talking about her own history she was a dancer and of course i think she mentions that howard was in not one but two world wars <laughs> so it could be a little biographical uh, connection there um it's, of course, it's not long after this that Lorraine wakes up to find the bed empty. RJ's not there anymore. Uh, she peeks outside. There's no sign of anything happening. The van is back. Uh, Wayne happens to be, I think, up at the same time. Uh, I don't remember if he hears he, her or
1: he, what. he hears her and he comes out to the front door. He's like, what's going on? And she's like, he's gone. Will you help me? And he says, yeah. So they go out and split up and go try to like find RJ.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, You know, we see wayne go into the barn where he has kind of a uh home alone moment stepping on the nail i don't know if that was i of, hate like, that stuff set, i don't yeah. know if pearl set that up or what that seemed i,
1: I don't yeah I, I i didn't think i don't think so but like whenever i see that coming in any film i'm like please don't do it let it just be a like a trick it never is it never is i'm also thinking of like quiet place um And yeah, yeah, yeah. home alone. And yeah, it's that uh, they always step on it. Anyway,
0: I I don't really know why that needed to happen. You could have had him go to the people's anyway at that point in time. And uh, of course, he gets gored by a pitchfork. Um, This is the point where uh, Pearl comes in and starts shoveling hay over his body. And you're like, Yeah, she's pretty spry for a lady of her age.
1: When she was killing RJ, I was like, she's very strong. I mean, this is a 23 year old college kid. And yes, she stabbed him in the throat initially. And that would definitely you know incapacitate him a bit but like she like to like essentially decapitate him <laughs> that take, even if he's not doing anything that takes a lot of energy from a very old woman
0: yeah exactly um, meanwhile you know I think Lorraine goes I, I don't know if I, she like basically runs into Howard well, no, Howard comes out and she's looking around and he's like what are you doing out here and she's like I'm looking for RJ and he entices her to go get a light from the cellar um, we know there's something creepy down here already because obviously the way the movie opened with the police down there, she goes down to get the flashlight. We're like, what's she gonna find down here? Is something gonna jump out from the dark? Um, but no, she she finds the flashlight. She runs to the top of the stairs, but of course she's locked in. Yep. Uh, and I I think she's she she's able to find a light back downstairs, and that's where she finds a body strung up by chains, naked body. Yeah. Naked body. And it's at this point in time that we start to think, or at least I was starting to think, and I'm curious what your thought was that like, oh, Howard and Pearl had like a weird thing going on here with p- people who are, you know, come to stay as boarders. It's yeah. not uh it's not just the fact that Pearl was kind of getting her her you know getting the hots for Maxine in particular it seems like maybe this is something that's happened before
1: this is something that they do yeah and i and i can't remember if this come this scene came before or after um Jackson finds the um Volkswagen Beetle it's before it, it's, it's this before. is before. Okay. this is
0: before yeah
1: yeah so, so so we're like who's this guy then we see uh, another car it's kind of like texas I'm asking like you know or like the horror movies where you see like A parking lot essentially like hidden behind a hill where all the travelers have you know their cars and their vehicles have been stowed and and hidden because they've all been murdered so that's like a thing and obviously the disposal uh garbage disposal for all the bodies is the alligator or alligators i guess we don't
0: know that there's not multiple right good point good point Mm mm-hmm um so i mean jackson has a sense that some something bad is afoot he kind of wakes up and it's like what's going on he goes and drinks milk from the fridge and i don't know if you caught this but there's a missing person picture that looks not too different from the person who's hung up in the basement oh i did the, not catch that nice mm-hmm. good Fetting. detail yeah uh he offers to help howard he he answers the door naked when howard comes down looking for pearl dong out Yep, and he's, you know, he's happy to go help Howard see, to look for his wife. Um, Meanwhile, you know, Pearl is sneaking in to see Maxine, pulls off her clothes and slides into bed next to Maxine, starts to caress her with Ugh. bloody hands and, like, kind of breathing her hair. It's, like, getting really creepy in there. Meanwhile, in the woods, Jackson and Howard walking around. Uh, Jackson is such a, a good
1: guy. He's such a good guy. He's
0: so good. I I really like him. <laughs> I know. I, I feel I feel bad for him for sure. He's really trying to help. Um, Former Vietnam just, vet. Yeah, and he's like, you know, he knows he's he's trying to do a good deed here. You know, he does find that car driven into the swamp. I do think that's another uh, homage to uh, Psycho as well, because I'm pretty sure there's a uh, the car from um, ah, I forget the actress's name. So you know, in Psycho, Dan it Lee. starts. Yeah, well, it starts off yeah with the actress who the one who ultimately gets stabbed in the shower. She's the one that first is driving before you kind of have. Um, part two of is Psycho Marion is the is the well, Janet Lee's the actress. I man, it's been a long time since I've watched Psycho, but it's like because Jamie Lee Curtis's be... mother. Yeah, did you, know that?
1: did you know that? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. I did know yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And Tony Curtis is her dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love okay. it. That is really cool, actually. Um, but th- that's that's also kind of another uh, Psycho moment, but. Yeah, he follows. So I was trying to figure out what happened here. He follows a light that's like out. And I thought he, I thought that Howard was trying to get Jackson eaten by a gator. I, I thought that was why he like put the, the light out in the swamp so that he'd go thrashing around there and get eaten by a gator. Um, but no, he just like goes out and retrieves the flashlight and then walks back just to get blasted by Jackson right for quote unquote enticing his wife.
1: Yep, he's like, she's not going to resist this. Sorry, you're flaunting it around. Goodbye feel sad
0: yeah so i don't know what the whole flashlight in the swamp was for
1: i think he just like threw it into the bushes or something or maybe not i don't yeah i think i think uh, he threw it into like either be like oh maybe that's her flashlight or hey can you i dropped can you get
0: it for me sorry yeah and i think at this point all we really have left are you know maxine bobby and lorraine the lorraine girls in the basement yeah uh, and, of course, this is the point in which Maxine wakes up to find herself face-to-face with Pearl. Absolutely screams. Pearl runs out. Um, you know, I think back in the main farmhouse where Lorraine is locked in the basement, she pulls a shining. Uh, h- uh, here's Johnny cutting her way out of the basement with an yep. axe, only, only to get her fingers totally mauled by Howard with, I think, like the butt of his gun. Or yeah, that
1: seen. was brutal. I did not expect that. Like, like multi- oh, and oh that was a
0: mango yeah. yeah um you know it's like every time someone leaves the house i'm like oh why are, you know you're just putting yourself out there to do it again so bobby goes out into the night to find the crew um she ends up finding pearl i think naked or at least only in a shawl down at the the dock by the swamp um tries to help but pearl just starts calling her a whore and ultimately this, shoves her into this lake to get eaten by a gator
1: this is another like i think great scene that really encapsulates the dialogue. Um what what the film is sort of about with Pearl's issues. And I'm sorry, I because Bobby Lynn is Bobby Lynn is like so nice. Like Britney Stowe. I think I, I know that Mia Goth does a great job and Jen Ortega does a great job. Kid Cuddy does a great job. Um but I think Britney Stowe's character is my favorite in this just because so against type. Um and she says some things in this conversation where pearl um like tells her like you don't deserve to flaunt your beauty uh and body in my face or something like that and and bobby lynn is like oh like my nana forgets sometimes like here like let me help you like i was gonna be a nurse actually or so like all these like wonderful like she's so nice to to pearl and then you know Pearl says some things like calls her a whore and whatnot. And Bobby, she doesn't snap, but she's like, you know, it's not my fault that you didn't get to live the life that you wanted, which is a great also pitch for going to watch the prequel
0: to see what Pearl's life was and how it ended up the way it did. Um, And and it's a great line in for the line that Maxine keeps repeating about, like, nobody's going to prevent me from living the life I want to live, basically.
1: Exactly. Which is the theme for this sort of like character, this archetype. (laughs) Um anyway, but then yeah, then um uh Pearl calls her a whore and a bitch or something like that. And she's like, all right, you're on your own. Goodbye. You know, and then pushes her in the water. And then we get a brutal death. (laughs) For a really great character. Like, but that's that's again, all these characters were so great.
0: Eaten by a gator, what a way to go uh and then of course howard and pearl reunite at that point in time meanwhile Maxine's trying to clean herself up in the house um out the window she sees howard and pearl coming coming for her uh and that's the point at which uh well we don't know this until for a moment but maxine goes and hides under the bed and howard and pearl kind of have a sweet moment on the bed where like you know, despite their age, he tells her how beautiful she is, and he really just worried about his health. And, uh, you know, she gets, has him get a little handsy and things get a little, um, I don't know, things get a little nasty up on that bed. Meanwhile, Maxine is underneath uh, as we kind of get the bird's eye view and the end of the bed view.
1: So I would say two things about this scene. One, um, this is kind of the point of the film, uh, which is, you know a lot of people would be like ew yuck like i don't want to see these old people get going at it but then aren't we not allowing them to own their own sexuality and be in their experience and their perspective and enjoy who they are physically as well um it's it's a great just kind of like your initial reaction for most people would be like Ugh, i don't need to see these old people doing it but then we're not allowing you know our Seniors to have that type of experience in life too, and we should, and we should be allowed. So, so that's one thing I want to say. The second thing is, um, as being as 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 these two are portrayed essentially as villains, they they are sympathetic. Like you feel bad for them because I mean, yeah, they do some horrible things, very creepy things, but they're not completely evil. You can sort of sympathize with them in their their struggles and. they are and their relationship and you know caring for each other through all these years and you know they make some horrible choices and do some you know murderous awful things but they're not just pure evil you can sort of get a sense of like who they are but not hate them
0: if that makes sense they they are still human at the end of the day and like you know life hasn't treated them hasn't gone the way they'd hoped in some ways certainly not for pearl but, uh, you know, it is. It, 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 kudos to the acting, too, where at that point in time, you're like, oh, like that's a it felt like a real moment, you know, um, and you do kind of reckon yes. with like that moment like, I mean, it's definitely a contrast to having seen like Kid Cudi and Brittany Snow and Mia Goth at it recently. And then, you know, you're in that position seeing a similar scene with, you know, an old man, and an old woman, you know, yeah. it's like, I, I think that's totally intentional. Uh you know, Maxine's able to sneak out from under the bed finally. She spins out of the house only to find that there's that, that the same weapon that was used to kill RJ's jammed into the tire. Um she does pull the gun from the glove box, but if we recall, Wayne had said that he never had loaded to keep the blanks. Mm-hmm. Uh so Lorraine, you know, yells at Maxine after she gets her out of the base after she, like
1: That was a that was a jump scare though, like when she pops through the the, the uh jack. Mm-hmm. Like uh the cut and the uh, cut and all a yeah huge,
0: it's a huge challenge. yeah i was it's like oh way. my god
1: that i got a jump scare out of that one um yeah and she's like get me out of here
0: And runs then we, out
1: is immediately blasted well, by the shotgun she also like for so she used to be like this quiet person and all of a sudden now she's like it's your fault blah 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 like it's like shut up like they're here like <laughs> uh, at this point
0: is this really the right time to be taking that out on that scene yeah, it's like, like how about you worry about the people who are working around killing yeah. people you made some um,
1: choices too, Lorraine. Uh, but yeah, brutal and to me the most surprising death for who I thought should have been the final girl. The her left oh, mouth got her shot.
0: Or or was going to be, yeah. yeah. Um so Lorraine goes down. Then soon after he does Howard, and of course, that's like kind of the irony of that. Like they get their sex moment they clearly haven't had in a very long time. And it really does shut his heart down after all that. But um I wanna
1: before we get to that final, the final scene, Um, well, the, go to the final scene, and then I, I made notes of, like, they're, they're, almost everyone's death was foreshadowed.
0: Mm-hmm. So, the final line, you know, there's a conversation between Maxine and Pearl. I think um, Pearl, or not Pearl, Maxine says something along the lines of, like, you're kidnapping, murdering, sex fiend, I'm a fucking star. Um, she talks about this line of, like, not accepting a life she doesn't deserve, once again, uh, which is kind of mi- and like, meanwhile, mimics the preacher on the TV. Um, but of course, like we said, the gun is out of bullets. And um, it's kind of a little bit the uh, the opposite of Chekhov's gun, where like there was a gun in the glove box that we knew didn't have bullets, you know, so there's kind of some, mm-hmm. some irony there too. Um, Pearl picks up the shotgun, misses Maxine, shatters the mirror, and in doing so also shatters her own hip out in the front yard. Yeah, the recoil sends her way back. On her way out, you know, Pearl gives the line to Maxine: "You're not innocent. You're not special. It'll all be taken from you. You're just like me." Then uh, Maxine, I'm pretty sure, takes another bump in the car before doing this. Maybe not. Maybe it's after that, but puts the car in reverse, hits the gas, plows over (laughs) Pearl's head, um, just like they ran over the
1: the the cattle in the uh, in
0: the beginning. Just like they ran over the kettle. And at the very end, we get the other twist that didn't expect at all. We learn that the preacher, of course, that's been on the TV and all our different locations, been on the radio, is Maxine's father. He unveils mm-hmm. that portrait of her that it was that was the daughter who had been abducted by perverts yep. uh so early at the beginning. So let I let me... the last the last thing the cop says is something like this is one goddamn fucked up horror picture or something. like. That. Yeah, because uh, when they when they because they find the camera.
1: Right. And it's like, uh, what do you think? We're, what kind of movie are we going to find on this? And then that's yeah, he says that. And it's like, yep, <laughs> it's good. Um, let me hit the foreshadowings real quick that uh, some of them we mentioned, some of we didn't. Um, Wayne, at one point when they first get to the farm, they uh, Lorraine's like, wait, he doesn't know, like why we're here, what we're doing. And he tells uh, Lorraine, you don't want to give him a heart attack, do you? Because it's her like, (laughs) like twitch or whatever that scares Howard and gives him a heart attack. Uh, Wayne also says when they're talking about the film, he's like, people's eyes are going to pop out of their damn skulls when they see this film. And he obviously gets stabbed through the eyes with the pitchfork. I I, I didn't mention that piece, but yeah, we literally see his eyeball on the ground, I I think. Oh, God, I didn't see that. I must have been looking away. (laughs) um uh in the first scene when um they are coming out of the uh topless bar uh bobby lynn is seen walking out of it's called like bayous whatever and uh bobby seems walking out of the alligator and it's in the big picture the mural is a portrait of like a blonde woman having her swimwear ripped off by an alligator ah ha ha pretty good um Jackson mentions when he's like, when Howard asks her, did you serve? Uh, And Wayne's like, oh, no, I have flat feet. And Jackson says, two tours in South Vietnam. I've had more farmers point their guns at me uh, than I care to remember or something like that. And that's exactly how he does. Uh, And then Howard does mention when he's trying to convince Lorraine to go get the um, flashlight downstairs. He's like, can you help me find my wife, too? um She's really old and she gets confused. I'm worried she might break a hip when she does the shoots the shotgun. She falls back and breaks her hip. Um, I think that's it. I think those are all of them that I that that I I mentioned. I I I counted four of them and then I searched to see if there was any that I missed. And the only one that I missed was the Bobby Lynn um, coming out of with the the mural of the initial topless mm-hmm. bar with the alligator pulling up, you know, like the iconic swimsuit, the yeah. sunscreen with a kid and the dog pulling the swimsuit off that thing. Yeah. Anyway, I was like, but yeah. that's brilliant though. He foreshadowed everything. Ty West foreshadowed everything because he like all the deaths and I'm going to pay attention very much more and a lot all of his other films and see if he does stuff like that. But it was really cool.
0: I mean, it's, it's, it's art, right? It's, it's, it's very thoughtful. Every, every frame. Is like uh, there's symbolism and different things to catch. So, um, yeah, man, great movie. Uh, I'm ex- I, I'm excited to go watch Pearl now because I get an opportunity to. See well, do, that maybe one. we'll do that one next. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Um, man, I, I don't know, Chris. Well, what's uh, what should we could give this? Um, how many X's? <laughs> <laughs> maybe that. Yeah, that's a great one. How many X's should we give this?
1: How X-rated was this? <laughs> um, out of ten. Or out yeah. of five. What do we normally well?
0: Do? You do five, I do five out of five, out of five. Out of I five. Know. That's
1: right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think this film is fantastic. You know, it, like like I've said, they they took um they honored Tywis honored the films that were his predecessor, and he elevated to much more um culturally resonant place, if that makes sense, like where we can really kind of explore and look at the genre of the film the 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 style of um of of cinematography and the uh, industry um that these people worked in and also the um themes of aging and obsession with stardom uh, and you know the how we how the youth is wasted on the young (laughs) but also how we don't allow our aging um population to also feel those uh valued and desired and it's all just great fodder for discussions about how we as a society don't um treat everyone the way we should anyway um and the cast is fantastic phenomenal love them I give this four and a half, four four point seven five out of five out of five X's. This is so X-rated to me. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's so I, good. It's really that good.
0: Well, you know, yeah. i i I, w- I was going to give it four point seven five as well. So I'll go ahead and say that now. That that was where my mind was going okay. to because I think it's a really great film. I think there's so many layers. This film is like an onion where it's like if you watch it, I I think it's 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 cool. If this was your second viewing. Cause like I could go back and watch this again and feel like I could re, like repeal off the layers of it and, um, you know, see new things along the way. Um, I feel like each actor brought a different dimension. The fact that like, I didn't even realize it, but you, when you have, when you tell me like Mia Goth is also playing Pearl, it's like, Oh damn, now I want to go see Mia Goth pl- like act as Maxine against Mia Goth as Pearl. Watch that dynamic again. Um, you know, thinking of like the the character and body movement of Howard, uh, um, you know, an actor who we know kind of like uh gained his prominence playing, you know, an orc as a creature in the Lord of the Rings movies and stuff like that. There's like obviously something there. Um, I do think, you know, I think if we're gonna say like any weak acting link, and I hate to do this, like I I think I think the you know Martin Henderson who played Wayne, I think did a good job. I do think like it felt like a Martin like a Matthew McConaughey ripoff but also like I feel like that worked for this role you know um so I don't have a problem with it whatsoever it was like it felt like it fit and made sense um yeah Brittany Snow playing against type Kid Cudi um kind of being like the porn star with the heart of gold in a lot of ways I thought was totally yeah and Um, John
1: Ortega like she's like she has the iconic like she's on like the cover actually i mean maxine often is but general take is like scream when she turns on and
0: sees the body is just like she's great she was great and i think the one like the overall premise of you know the old kind of like sex hungry woman being the one who's instigating the murders for that particular reason is like is you know it's a it's just a unique twist on kind of Small right. troops built in,
1: right? So before like one thing that we I don't know if we've like been explicit about either is like they were kidnapping people and keeping them as sex slaves,
0: right? I think there was definitely something happening in which Howard was facilitating people who came and stayed at the farm being in relationships with Pearl because he couldn't do it himself with his heart. That definitely. So I, I, I. So yes, I think that has to have been the case, right? I think we don't know that. I don't know that we have evidence that there was anyone beyond uh, the person who preceded. You know this crew. Uh, I don't know if you remember them saying that there was somebody else.
1: I I just remember at one point um, Howard said tells Pearl like oh I've got one in the basement and Pearl's like. she's not special like this other one which is maxine that she really wants that's who she wants so i don't think it was gender specific either perhaps um but but the man down in the basement i assume like because he has pants around his ankles that he was there for sex things
0: i mean i don't think i don't think it was gender specific either because if you think about it like you know pearl seemed like she was as interested well she was most interested in maxine but she also tried to get it going with rj obviously she good point she is power yeah yeah she you mm-hmm. know yeah. she's just she's she, it's pent up you know? yeah she's Same also other. very progressive um, you know women are sexual beings too no, even if no labels for women. pearl that's right so no i think it was um it was a fun film. I um It was uh, you picked this one, and I think that was a good direction. I'm glad you did it. was on my list for a while, <laughs> and also this was suggested to us, I think, by a few people as well. So that was a fun one. Um, I hope everybody else uh, either, you know, enjoyed our, our kind of talk through it. If you've already seen it, or if you haven't, uh, maybe this will entice you to, you know, go catch an A24 film. Yeah, uh, Chris can people catch you anywhere between now and uh, next time we pop up? uh, You know, I think we're going to try to keep these pretty consistent, you know, maybe biweekly or something for now. We don't really have a set calendar until the sex strike strike is over.
1: Yeah. um, You can catch me on uh, our Facebook page. Uh, Either message us or post something there or on our Gmail, which you can give it out. That's probably the easiest.
0: Yeah. This, you know, this American horror story at gmail.com. Um, you know, I feel like that's that's where we tend to be anymore. I feel like, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I had like the time I used to spend on social media accounts somehow disappeared. It evaporated.
1: <laughs> I mean, Hopefully. I'm, I'm on Instagram and I'm on like Reddit a lot. And I'm up but I don't like, I'm not, I'm not engaging with people on, it, if that makes sense. I'm just like seeing how my friends are doing and looking at like my b- pictures of my nieces and nephews and like, you know,
0: <laughs> where you don't want me to say find Chris on Reddit, upvoting memes. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, my, my Reddit is still staying anonymous.
0: <laughs> as, as but I do love Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, folks, uh, thanks for joining us. Um, uh, you know, we're going to keep this up as long as it makes sense. And um, we hope uh, you enjoyed it as well. We'll talk to you all soon. Until then, keep, uh, let's hope for a cool, crisp October and happy hauntings.